You can now open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. It is found on page 985 of your Red Bibles, and we will begin with verse 15 through to verse 20. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won over them. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them in my Father, by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. This is the word of the Lord. Please go ahead and grab your uh, insert from your bulletin with our selections from the Proverbs this morning. Uh, this morning, as you may have gathered, uh, we will be talking about teachability or having a teachable spirit. This morning we're going to talk a little bit about the philosophy and understanding before God when it comes to being teachable. And tonight, uh, I'll be teaching in the evening service sort of as a part two uh, about more the interpersonal relationships of teachability and sort of how it looks in practice. And so we're going to go ahead and begin with these selections from the Proverbs on teachability and then um, we'll go ahead and talk about this, what it means to have a teachable spirit. So let's look to the wisdom of the Proverbs together. Starting in chapter 3, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. And then to chapter 9, it writes, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. From chapter 13, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life turning a person from the snares of death. And then my favorite, back to chapter 12. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. This is too, this also is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, how can we be teachable? How can we have wisdom? How can we have wisdom before God and one another? You know, we all know sort of what this looks like and maybe doesn't look like. You know, teachable is many things. It's being willing to hear from God. It's being willing to hear from the wisdom of the scriptures and implement it. It is being willing to learn from one another. 
to hear others' opinions and thoughts and viewpoints. Teachable is, is not just being willing to hear, but actually desiring to understand another viewpoint, a different person. And it's not just to better ourselves. See, what we must understand as a church is that this idea of having a teachable spirit benefits all of us together. And this is why we're talking about teachability as something that is wise as we work on one anothering here in the church. You know, and what's funny, and I'm sure many of you are like this, you hear the subject in church and sometimes you get excited. Or sometimes you think, oh, okay, I can do this. Maybe we're teaching on the fruit of the spirit and you think, oh, uh, love, joy, patience, I'm good at those things. This will be an encouraging Sunday. You know, maybe last week you heard chastity and thought, ooh, this is going to be awkward and uncomfortable. You know, for me, teaching on teachability or teachable spirit makes me really uncomfortable. Um, I confess that for years, uh, and maybe even still, I hope not, people would not use this word to describe me. Uh, Not even a little bit. And the reason was, as a child and all growing up through my adolescent years, I loved the question, why? And I was often described as very stubborn by both teachers and parents and friends and loved ones and pretty much anyone who knew me. (coughs) Excuse me. If my mom said no, or a teacher said no, or an authority said no, my first question was, why? That doesn't make sense to me. I was not a naughty kid. I mean, I got in a little trouble, but I needed a reason. If a teacher said, here's the assignment, and I looked at it and it was just busy work, I would say, why? This is stupid. I've already learned this. And I got in a lot of trouble because of it. You know, and in the same way, I would do this all the way through. I I got in so much trouble for so many years. This is why I loved university so much, is they would say, here's the reading. Here's, you have two tests, a midterm and a final. It's up to you. And I thought, great, this is learning I can get behind, right? And I loved it because I finally thought I found a place where people think like me. And this is how we all think. We all think that our ideas are the best ideas. Why wouldn't everyone love my ideas? The way I think is clearly the most rational. It's clearly the best option. So why don't people just get on board with my plan? We think we are the boss. But are we? And when we talk about authority, we talk about being the boss, we all sort of treat authority differently, don't we? You know, some people really like authority. Some people are really looking for authority they can trust. They're looking for people that they can get behind and follow. You know, some people really hate authority. And in fact, they spend a lot of energy and effort trying to undermine authority, whatever authority is in their life. And some people still, I think this is more like me, just want to be left alone, right? I don't want authority. I'm not pro-authority. I'm not anti-authority. I just want to be left alone. Why can't I do what I want to do and people just stay out of my business, right? Now, maybe you're one of those three. Maybe you're something else. But let me just say a couple of things. One, if you have a child that is like I was and still am and is very independent and just wants to be left alone, go easy on them. Okay, Um, they're going to have enough trouble in life as they get older and grow up, so just go easy on them. Um, But really seriously, this has always been the issue of humanity. We have all struggled with how we deal with people telling us what to do or what not to do. Right? 
So we need to understand that this is not a new struggle. And we need to know then, secondly, church, how can we become more teachable? How can we be a people who are more flexible? How can we be more pliable, more understanding? And our first response, whether from the scriptures or from a brother and sister in Christ, should never be, why? Prove it. But a response of grace and a desire for more understanding. So let's look to the wisdom of the Proverbs, and we'll mention this passage uh, that was read in Matthew that I think plays a great role in this. And then we see in chapter 3 of the Proverbs, it starts out with the Lord. There's no surprise here. Do not despise the Lord discipline, the psalmist or the proverb writes. Do not resent his rebuke. The Lord disciplines those he loves as the father, the son he delights in. We know this to be true. It's a horrible lesson to learn, but we know it to be true. We do something dumb, we mess up, and we see the Lord's correction and wisdom after the fact. We get in trouble, there's, there's some sort of punishment, and we think, this is so unfair, this is so wrong, and then a little space, and we look back, and we see, wow, that was really good for me. We hopefully learn not to make the same mistakes again. And this is how this works. We see this hopefully from our parents or, or, or teachers or whomever. But I want to point out that last line, because I just don't want us to miss that detail. When we talk about being teachable first before the Lord, when we talk about learning from the scriptures first, we must realize this is not from a position of authoritarian leadership where there's an old man in the sky we call God who just wants us to fall in line. But that this God actually delights in us. You know, many times when we are unteachable, when we're wandering away from God or when we're doing silly things, it's because we've missed this detail and we're afraid of what God might do to us. But we forget this God actually delights in us. I mean, how often do you forget that the God of the universe actually enjoys you? Enjoys when you spend time with him. Enjoys when you come to him in times of trouble. He really does. And this is vital for us to understand the foundation of what being teachable is, and that is trusting the authority of this God because he's good. And then in chapter 9 of the Proverbs continues using this word mocker. If there's any confusion with language or English and maybe you're thinking mocker, what is a mocker? Someone who sneers or scoffs at wisdom. Um, If you ever find yourself, teenagers especially, making this noise to any rebuke or criticism someone gives you, if you sort of answer with a whatever, you might be a mocker. So, Teenagers especially, but everyone, right? When it says mocker, that's quote of the person it's talking about, someone who sneers or scoffs at rebuke. Do not be that person, church. You know, I, I make fun of the youth because I know them. But it's for all of us. We do this all the time, don't we? Someone corrects, suggests something that might be good for us, something that might help us. And what do we do? Ugh. Why do they always do that? Ugh, why do they say those things? Ugh, don't be a scoffer or a mocker. It's not beneficial. Trust me, that's another one I used to get in trouble for all the time. First response out of my mouth. If it wasn't why, it was ugh. Doesn't work. And we see again in chapter 13 that wisdom comes from the Father. Wisdom comes from the Father and that 
this wisdom actually flows like a fountain. If we scorn this instruction we see, we'll actually pay for it. It says, if you scorn instruction, in these verses from 13 and 14 there, on the second half of the page, whoever scorns instruction will pay for it. How many times in work has someone made a suggestion to you and you've blown it off and then you realize that, oh, I should have listened. Oh, that would have been way easier. But then our pride sort of wells up inside of us and we, we don't ever admit it. Maybe someone comes up with a really good idea in, in, in the household or at work or school or something and you don't listen and you realize that you've made your life much, much worse or much harder. If you scorn instruction, church, you will pay for it. And like I mentioned, the last or second to last, the teaching of the wise is like a fountain of life. It's the same image used last week when it talks about chastity for the young man with his wife at home, saying, why, why, you have this wonderful fountain you have access to. You have this wonderful fountain you have access to, this fountain of life and of love and all of these great things. Why are you going out seeking this elsewhere? And likewise, the, the proverb here says this teaching of the wise both from God and from others, is like this fountain. It gives life. Why would we go stray away from a fountain in our very home, in our very hearts, to go and look for it elsewhere? And if there was any confusion, if there was any wondering how essential this is, we look at chapter 12, verse 1, and we realize that we just shouldn't be stupid. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Just If you don't listen, you're stupid. If someone comes to correct you with the desire of goodness in their heart, speaking on behalf of the Lord or a brother and sister in Christ, that's something you need to be corrected and you don't listen, that's on you. And we know it starts with God and then it goes out into this church and into these other people we find ourselves with. But look at our New Testament lesson. You know, Matthew 18, this is a famous passage. If someone sins, go and talk to them. And then if they don't listen, take another. And then, and then if they still don't listen, bring them before the church. And if they still don't listen, what does it say? Treat them as you would a pagan or a Gentile or a tax collector. Now, if we are unteachable, what happens to us? If we are people who refuse to listen and become unteachable, what will happen to us? This is really interesting. Because the first interpretation of this is to think, outcast, kick them out. Right? The church has a wonderfully horrible record. All churches have a wonderfully horrible record of excommunication. And this verse is sometimes used to point to that. Oh, if they don't believe, if they don't fall in line, pff, kick them out. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Because if you look at the context of this passage, just before he's talking about the parable of the lost sheep. Just before Jesus is talking about saving the lost and how Jesus cares for the lost. And then he says, if this person doesn't listen, you can treat them like a pagan or a tax collector. They don't have to be inside the inner circle. They don't have to you know, do all these other things. But, but church, let me ask you this. Who does Jesus spend his time going after? Who does Jesus spend his love in pursuit going after? The pagan and the tax collector. How good is our God that even when sometimes we are so prideful and stupid, as it says in the Proverbs, that we are unteachable, that Jesus will still pursue us, that Jesus will still follow us, that Jesus will still do anything to know that he delights in us. You may have a time or something in your life that you are unteachable about. You may have had seasons like this where you ran away like the lost sheep. 
And you know that in this church, in this God, in this book, there was a fountain of wisdom that you found that brought you back. So first, when we talk about how to be teachable to one another, let me just say two things about this. We must realize that we have some limitations and weaknesses with this. Maybe you're like me and you always needed a reason. Maybe you just always needed to be explained. You still obey, but you really do it begrudgingly. (laughs) You know, maybe you don't trust anyone. Maybe you look to people who try to correct you and you just don't trust them. You say, I've been hurt before, I'm not going to trust someone again. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe you grew up where you couldn't trust authority. And so now, whenever someone comes to you, you think they wish ill for you and not good. Maybe it was the opposite. Maybe you trusted too much. Maybe you have trusted so much over and over and over again, and people have hurt you over and over and over again, and it's left you unteachable and unwilling to listen. It doesn't matter what our blocks are. I think all of these things that keep us from being teachable come from one of two places. One of those things we saw in the Proverbs says when there is strife, there is pride. And we know this to be true. When there is fighting, when there is a lack of agreement, it's because we are prideful. We think, I know the answer already. We think I have it figured out. We think I'm older than you, I've been through this, I don't need to listen to you. We think I'm in control. We know what pride looks like, right? And it can even be pride in good things. Let me warn you, church people, I have met many people in my life who are so prideful about their knowledge and wisdom and theology that they were unwilling to listen to another believer on something they might have disagreed with. Let me say this. This is from one of my favorite pastors and authors. He says, those who pride themselves on their own reverent submission to God's truth are often strangely reluctant to submit to anyone else. Let us not forget that Jesus Christ commands us to love and submit to one another as he did the church. And so when we talk about teachability, it is not just before God, but also among one another, like I was talking about with the children, to learn from one another, to ask questions of people different than us that we would understand one another. Pride can even be pride in good things. Beware. And the other thing besides pride and this is more, I think, from my own perspective and experience, is fear. We're often unteachable because we're afraid. We're afraid people might think we're dumb. We're afraid people might think we're not good enough. We're afraid to listen to people and be teachable because we have to put on an air. But we don't, do we? Whether it's pride or fear that keeps us being teachable, both of these come from sin. Both of these are the result of the fallen nature of this world. Poor choices in life from us, poor choices from others that make it hard to trust other people. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Both of these are in fact overcome by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In our fallen natures, without the love and sacrifice of Jesus, we are victims to these insecurities. But with the love and with the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the power to overcome these fears to overcome this pride. And yet, we build up an ego. You guys know what an ego is? We build up our ego inside of us, this persona we present to the world. A sense of self to show the world. But, but, but in this ego we've built up, we have pride, fear, insecurities. 
We build up walls to keep people from hurting us, to keep us from feeling dumb. But it also, these egos we've built up through our lives, through our experience, also keep us from being teachable. They keep us from hearing other people. They keep us from desiring to understand other people. We have built up these egos, but because of Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, we need to put these egos to death. This is why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You've built up this persona of who you are as a Pharisee in John chapter four, and you need to tear it down. Because of Christ and his sacrifice, the wisdom of the Proverbs, the wisdoms of the teachings of scripture, we see that God loves us, that God cares for us, that God has redeemed us, that God actually enjoys you, and he wants to give you wisdom, not just through scripture, but through the person next to you, through the experience of someone from around the world who sees God completely different as you do. And we are called to trust God's wisdom and to trust one another, to submit to one another, as we talked about in the One Another series. Church, God takes our fear and our pride so that we can put to death these egos we've made and that we would be teachable to him and to one another. Let us learn from God and also those around us. Without pride, without fear, let's lower the walls and be teachable that this church would be a church that shines the light of Jesus Christ, that we learn and understand one another in a way of grace and forgiveness rather than thinking we have the answers and don't have to listen. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have called us to be teachable. Lord, that even when we're not teachable, even when our pride overcomes us, I believe, Lord, that you will still follow after us. That you love us so dearly that you will pursue us, that you will continue to surround us with your truth, with your word, and with brothers and sisters in Christ who will pray for us when we wander away, who will speak truth into our lives when no one else is. And so, Lord, we thank you for the truth we have found. We thank you for your love. And we pray now, each of us, for these people we know who have hard hearts. God, would you give us words to say that would give them your love? Lord, would you remind us of them that we would pray for them regularly? And God, when we encounter someone different than us, when we encounter someone who does not agree with us, God, would we ask questions before we condemn? Would we be gracious before we lose our patience? Would we be teachable, God, as your sons and your daughters to learn from you and one another, we pray.